Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we are definitely not robots. Please enter the last four digits of your social security number followed by the pound sign. <laughs> we uh, we were talking to somebody about <clears throat> a podcast recommendation and they, they listened to a couple minutes of our audio and they're like, well, you don't sound like robots, so that's a good thing. So I had to do that <laughs> intro. <laughs> like, I'll have Chris do that specifically just for you. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So now for the real show. Now, now <laughs> on to the thing. We're, we're professionals. <laughs> okay. Get all the get all the laughs out. I got. I got. Sibilance. <laughs> all Go. right. Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, "What is it about horror that makes us happy?" It's an interesting question. We're doing a good job at finding the answer. I think. Your hosts are Steve Becker and myself, Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at our website, horrormakesushappy.com. Before we get started, this is the trigger warning. Uh, we're going to be talking about horror culture, horror things. Uh, there could be topics of discussion that may be disturbing, such as child abuse, rape, murder, F-bombs. We're going to be talking about dark stuff. So, you know, that's, that's what we do here. So um, that is the warning, not necessarily saying, you know, Go away if you don't like that stuff. Just, just say this is what we're going to be talking about. So if that makes you even more intrigued, keep listening. <laughs> Coming up in the near future, we will be talking to a couple of authors, uh, Josh Mailerman and Sarah Langan. And we are working on rescheduling an interview we were supposed to do last weekend with director and producer Eduardo Sanchez. That should be coming up next month, I believe. But today we are rounding out the... the uh, Slumber Party Massacre podcast with the final and some would say best <laughs> member of the crew. <laughs> Absolutely. Miss Heather Powell, Heather welcome to the show. Also known for uh, Friday Nightmares podcast. I forgot that one. Yes. Sorry. Well, thank you so much, Steve and Chris, for having me. I'm, I'm really glad you saved the best for last. It had nothing to do <laughs> with my trip to Europe and I was away. It absolutely had everything to do with that. I'm the final member that needs to go for sure. Final girl. Yes. I'm the final girl. Well, there you go. Right. Yeah. right? So, <laughs> well, before we get into the meat of the interview, is there anything you want to pitch or anything you're currently working on? Um, well, yeah, I, I re- release an uh podcast, Friday Nightmares podcast, with Mr. Scott Crawford. This is available on the Legion Podcast Network. If you like what you hear, I don't know, for me today, please go check it out. If you don't, then that's fine too. Uh, mm-hmm. we're a bi weekly podcast and we go over 2022 watches, uh, what's new in horror, and we also pick themes and we discuss those themes. We've done everything from sexual violence in horror to uh games and horror and right now we're doing countries around the world so we're picking Mm. a country and we're picking some horror movies and we're talking about how they reflect that country so we do not Mm. just the movie review we talk about horror reflects society and and society reflects horror and that's always the uh the pitch in our episodes and you've heard from all my lovely ladies at the slumber party massacre podcast we're a monthly podcast where we get together and we uh shoot the shit about horror movies and we play games and Lacey is the uh the captain of that ship which i know you guys mm. met with her oh, and um yeah she's a good time so we have a lot of fun on that one that one's a little bit longer and a little bit more in depth we do do a movie review on there so if you like me and you check me out on either one of those if you don't that's fine too you can just keep listening to steve and chris so <laughs> Well, the topic about of this interview is going to be mainly focused on what it is that you love about horror as a fan. Um, <clears throat> we'll be coming at it from three different directions. Uh, basically, most of the same questions from uh, childhood, teenage, or adolescence, and then adulthood, and then a couple of wrap-up questions at the end. 
and we'd come at it in these three different ways because sometimes it triggers memories that you do forgotten. But that said, it's not meant to be a therapy session. So if there's anything that you don't want to answer, just say pass and we'll move on. Hmm. But starting with childhood, what are some of your earliest memories of scary things? Well, I was scared of everything as a child. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, you know, there's people that most people, when they talk about their history of horror, they're like, oh, when I was four years old, I watched The Exorcist and I thought it was great. And, you know, I had no problems. I I was afraid of, there was a Ruffles commercial uh, that had a vampire (laughs) in it. And I used to hide behind the couch. Um, until the commercial was done. Um, I was in the era of Sesame Street. I'll get my age. I'm 39 years old. I was born in 1983. And um, there was a character in Sesame Street at the time that scared me. I used to hide behind the couch. The Count? Yeah. No, it wasn't the Count. It was like some guy with a white beard. And I don't know why, but he scared the fuck out of me. And I used to hide behind the couch. There was a common theme here. I was uh, did a lot of hiding behind the couch. Was <laughs> <But>, um, <laughs> like guys with white beards. Guys with white beards. I'm still afraid of Santa. It's a whole issue. I can't go to the malls. But um, <laughs> but I I I don't know. As a young child, I I didn't like to be startled. I really didn't like scary things unless it was fun. So like vampires that were fun were okay. Mummies that were fun. Like I did watch Abba and Costello meet Frankenstein. Um, and I thought that was fun, right? Like it was safe. It was fun. It was, it was really engaging, but I really did avoid scary, scary horror things until for some reason I turned about 14 years old and I watched Scream and I don't even know how I, how I watched Scream, but I did. And it was like, I guess the best way I can describe it is if you go to an amusement park and maybe you go on the kitty rides and mm-hmm. you know, your friends are like, Oh, you got to go on this big roller coaster. And you're like, no, I'm scared, which I was also scared of as well. And then mm-hmm. one day I just was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go on the Mindbuster, which is a big ride up here in, um, in Toronto at Canada's wonderland. And uh, for all my Canadian friends that are listening. And uh, I was like, fuck yeah. Like the adrenaline started pumping. I felt good. I felt scared. And I, and that's when I realized I like being scared. So I think mm-hmm. that that pushed me to watch screen. And then it was just, you know, then I just doubled down. So as a mm-hmm. child, I avoided unless it was fun monsters, like the fun version of the mummy, the fun version of whatever. I avoided all that till about 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And then it was, uh, it was all in. Okay. Yeah. So like uh, safer things like Scooby-Doo or yeah. you know, things that were like whimsical and fun, but still yeah. horror, but not nearly or at all scary at all. Just, you know, child safe horror. Yes. Like I was not someone who at eight years old could have sat through Friday the 13th. Actually, you know what? Most eight year olds couldn't because the original, the first Friday the 13th is not, it's more of a whodunit murder mystery. Yeah. Right. But if we look at the later versions of that or you know, nightmare on Elm street, I never could have fucking sat through that shit. I would have had nightmares mm. for like years. I was terrified of a guy in a ruffles commercial. I can't imagine how I would have <laughs> called about Freddy Krueger. Now I own items with Freddy Krueger on it. You know, I named a, I named a podcast half after <laughs> that series. Right. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know what changed. Like I would love to identify what changed. I just think I got more confident and less scared. And you know, I, not that this is like I was bullied severely as a child, so maybe mm. I was so traumatized with that yeah. that I just wasn't ready to be scared. And yeah, I was going to say if you liken right? it to like the uh, the the roller coaster yeah. uh, metaphor, it's it can mainly come down to peer pressure. Like all my friends are enjoying yes. this, and I'm scared of it, so I guess I have to take a chance on it. Exactly, and uh, I, Scream was big. You know, Scream came out in 1996. Mm. I'm not sure. You know, I'm sure you guys are about 21, so I don't know how old you are. <laughs> but, you know, depending on your age, Scream either brought back love for the horror genre that you had felt the 90s had killed, or that was your introduction 
you know, depending on, you know, where you were in life. And I, and Nev Campbell's Canadian. And I remember seeing her on catwalk and I was <laughs> so happy to see her. Yeah. A lot of people don't know she was on stuff before party of five. She was on shitty Canadian television for years. <laughs> like, sure, so, um, and she, to see her on the big screen and then to watch that, that movie. And I became obsessed with it with like, probably what everyone else said. I remember buying the Halloween costume for like a hundred dollars when I was oh, wow. 16, which was like a lot of money when you're 16 years old. Yeah. And I dressed and up then. and ran around in it because I thought it was <laughs> the coolest thing ever. And that just, you know, after that, I, after scream, I, I started to double down into the 1980s slasher, which I'm sure you guys are all big fans of slashers. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's when I watched the first Friday the 13th. And I think I watched them in order. I lose track now. It's hard to remember in Halloween, you know, all the, uh, all the classics. Okay. <clears throat> so going back to childhood for a bit, did you have anybody in your family that uh, were horror fans too, or is it just you? No, my parents still think that I'm, that something's really wrong with me for liking, <laughs> they still do. They're still like, ah, it's a little weird how much you like this stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. I honestly know that's where I'm so uninteresting as a child, really, because I'm sure the other ladies I know watched horror movies, except for maybe Carly, when they were younger with family and friends, and I didn't have any of that. I knew of them because, you know, you see trailers, you see previews, you see posters, but I really had no one in my life that was like, hey, Heather, let's sit down and watch this. It was very much sticking to the Scooby-Doo's, um, Adam's Family Values, Adam's Family which isn't really horror, but I guess that was the closest thing I was getting to it. Yeah, that was it. Sorry, guys. No, <laughs> no, okay. no apology necessary. There are questions that we're going to ask that may or may not work for you. It's just, you never know until you ask. So For sure. Did you participate in Halloween as a kid? Oh, absolutely. I doubled down in that bitch. I loved Halloween. <laughs> um, I was actually just talking to a good friend of mine the other day. And I i don't know if you guys watched the original Batman series with Adam West, if either one of you are a fan. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, are you okay? Okay. Um, and I, uh, I loved like Batman. And I had my aunt make me a Batgirl costume that mimicked uh, Adam West's costume. And I have a picture of it. Nice. Um, it was actually a really nice costume. I look back on it. Yeah. I'm like, man, my, I am my aunt's favorite because this shit took a long time to make. <laughs> 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 um, but no, I dressed up, but it was usually happy stuff. Like I dressed up as a unicorn or, mm-hmm. you know, I did dress up as like a, a witch one year, but it wasn't overly scary. But my mom loved Halloween. So maybe this, you actually kind of triggered something. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom would dress up in elaborate makeup. So she would put blood down her shirt. She would put spiders on her face. She would play spooky music and the kids would come to the door and she would be like, Oh, what would you like? And the parents would be terrified. And the kids thought she was amazing so much so that she dressed up and she came to my grade two classroom dressed as a witch mm-hmm. um, and brought like cupcakes and stuff just to kind of like, I guess, bring the, the Halloween um, theme. So she, but I didn't find that scary because it was my mom, right? Like I wasn't right. scared of it because it was my mom. And 
I enjoyed going up to houses, but if there was a house that looked a little too scary, like a dude sitting in a chair, but you're not sure if it's really like a scarecrow or a dude and you're mm-hmm. walking up. Oh yeah. Like that scared the shit out of me as a kid, <laughs> but I still did it. And I, and to this day, I, Halloween is a big deal, you know, and it definitely started in childhood. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved trick or treating, which is a thing in Canada. People ask me the dumbest questions. Yes, we trick or treat in Canada. For goodness sakes. <laughs> Of course we do. Everywhere in Canada, <laughs> trick or treats. Let's just so we're clear, it's a thing. Um, we also give out candy. Out, okay, okay. So it, you do give out candy, not um, ma- <laughs> not maple syrup and like poutine, know. like handfuls of poutine. <laughs> <or maybe. laughs> like it's not even a bowl or a container. It's just you have a ladle. And hold out your hand. Happy Halloween. A. Um, Lock it in their bag. Yep. How did you know? You must have toured up here during October. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it, it's a very big deal here. Halloween is very much participated in. Okay. You mentioned some favorite costumes. Did you have any least favorite costumes when you were a kid? Not that I recall. I did dress up as a bunny when I was four years old, and I think I thought that was dumb. But like, you know, like <laughs> what, what choice do you really have a four, right? You kind of get yeah. whatever your parents put you into. Right. Yeah, like I don't think I had any bad costumes like every year i kind of brought it the only thing and this is very canadian is i did have this unicorn costume that was like you gotta imagine to have a unicorn costume that takes a lot of fucking work like it's you gotta be real creative and i live in ontario which is just on the border of new york state and michigan for all my american friends and uh, occasionally we get bad weather just like uh, new york state and michigan does in october Mm. and there was a fucking snowstorm that year and i had to wear my snow pants and my winter no, my no. snow jacket and all you can see is this horn i had on my head um so i'm just dis- well, i was I mean, disappointed if, well I, fortunately that is the defining element of a unicorn right. so you had right. that they still knew who i was but damn it i was going out for candy and that's the thing with canadian kids we're like hail snow <laughs> we're out there getting free candy <laughs> i'm sure Right, I'm sure people in the northern states are the same way. You just don't have a choice, yes. right? right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, you're used to it. Exactly, you're used to it, and you know, occasionally it happens. And then some Octobers, it's it's hot as anything. You never know what you're going to get. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but no, that would be the only year that I was probably disappointed in my costume. Okay. Right? To clear the air, by the way, uh, Chris is about your age. I'm a little older, and I grew up up north. So, so you're I 40, right, Steve? And- <laughs> you're you're older. Yeah. Don't say Chris's yes. word. Well, <laughs> Fortis. I am almost the answer to life and everything itself. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. We'll put it that way. Yeah. So I, I grew up in Chicago and Milwaukee, so mm. I'm, I'm familiar with the weather. You know, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, I've been in Florida my whole life, so I, I only uh, know, you know, ball Chris, sweat. Hot. You have no opinion. We don't, we don't want to hear about your Florida weather. Snow <laughs> <laughs> once. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> right. If it snows, seen it on TV. Yeah, well, you know, we know what Florida's like too too well. <laughs> hmm. No, it was real snow. I was up in North Carolina. I had a snowball oh, fight and I'd never seen hey. it before. So I made a snowball and instantly dropped it because those things are cold. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you when this happened? Like 10. Oh, okay. You were waiting for them to say last year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like, Actually, yes, I was. <laughs> uh did you did you have any scary dreams as a kid oh yeah yeah i did actually now i've always been extra sensitive as a child actually and i would constantly dream about you know monsters under the bed and all that kind of stuff and there's nothing that really sticks out but there was a time where i 
woke up and I was clawing at my bedroom door mm. and I was crying and I was clawing. And it's weird because my parents, like I'm an only child and my parents' bedroom was, was very close to mine. I don't know how I didn't wake them up. I guess they don't love me that much. And they, <laughs> they didn't hear it. But I, I, and I remember waking up and, and still like I could see my hand coming down clawing. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing on the floor? What am I doing crying? And I kind of crawled back into bed and that was probably the most upsetting. But I did like to play practical jokes. And mm-hmm. I remember one time it was April Fool's and I stuffed my, I had this big stuffed elephant and I put it under my blankets <laughs> with like a bunch of other stuff. And I, I hid in the closet and my mom came in to wake me up and remove the blankets. And of course, like, she's like, oh my God, my child was kidnapped. And I jumped out of the closet and she told me it wasn't funny. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was hilarious, but she, she did not. So I probably gave my mom a nightmare after that. But yeah, it was, um, <laughs> that was the one real nightmare. Like, I don't even remember what I was dreaming about. I just remember waking up in that situation and that fear mm. and that anxiety. And it hasn't happened again, actually. Um, it mm, happened that whole time. So That is pretty intense, though, that you actually like got out of bed and kind of slept walked a little bit to the door and woke yeah. up clawing at the actual door. Yeah, like, on the ground. Wow. Like, it sounds like something from like... Um, a conjuring movie doesn't it and then like the ghost mm-hmm. showed up and then like there's a jump scare but no um there was no jump scare there was no ghost it was just me calling mm. at the door so okay mm. under other than the monsters under the bed one though nothing reoccurring nothing that stands out <laughs> i have nightmares as an adult we can all talk about that but uh mm-hmm. we'll definitely, don't we all <laughs> yeah. um but definitely as a kid nothing nothing that stands out is over traumatizing okay did you have anything actually terrifying happen, happen in your childhood? Yeah, actually, a couple of things. I was one time playing in the snow, and I was near the end of my, um, my yard, and it, it kind of dipped a little bit, and some snow fell on top of me and buried me. Ooh. And for my friend Steve, who has been in, maybe in this situation before, you know how suffocating snow can be. And if you start mm. to panic, obviously you breathe it in. And, uh, and anxiety just increases. So yeah. luckily I was able to keep, you know, a, a calm enough wit about me and I was able to kind of crawl my way out of it. But that was definitely a very scary experience. And, you know, not that I <laughs> dig around in snow now, but I do have friends who have kids and, uh, mm. I'm very cautious of when we're doing snow fort stuff and when they're out in the snow, I watch them like a hawk. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with remembering that experience and, mm-hmm. and not wanting obviously my friend's kids to be in that situation. Um, this is really not a teenager thing, uh, but it was actually around the time I started watching horror movies. I was uh, physically attacked by mm-hmm. a man uh, when I was about 14 years old, I was walking down the street and I was jumped and, um, like a typical, like it could have looked like a horror movie. And I was, uh, I had his hand over my mouth so I couldn't scream and I chose to fight back and I got away from him. But unfortunately I tripped and he punched me in the face and he took off. So my eye was swollen, uh, really, really badly. And that did cause obviously some anxiety still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I have a hard time with people running behind me. He was caught. Um, he was a repeat offender. There was some mental health Good. issues. You know, he was whatever the next day or two days later, he was caught outside of a high school. Like it was dealt with rather quickly, but yeah, like I, I do find that as an adult still, I have anxiety with people running behind me. 
And, you know, this happened when I was 14. I'm 39 now. So that's a long time to go by. Mm. And it's got easier over the years. But that definitely did change my perceptions. And maybe, you know, that was around the time I started going on the roller coasters and watching the scary movies. And it could be because I had such a traumatic event happen to me that I wanted to turn to horror as a way to be, I don't know, maybe it was a way to be safely scared or, or whatever it was, or it was an outlet for that. But I wonder if there was a connection. I didn't think of that till now, but there could have been a connection between those two events because that was a, a heavily traumatizing event as exiting childhood into teenage years. Yeah. 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 Understandably so. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad that you asked the, answered the follow-up question for us. The follow-up question then is whether or not that affected you moving forward in life, which you already answered. So <laughs> There <laughs> we you. go. I was ahead of the game there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, let's see. Going back to some of the stuff that you had brought up, you did mention Scooby-Doo and Adam's family. That was in childhood, not teenage years? Yeah, that was childhood. That was like 9, 10, 8, you know, that okay. age kind of thing. Yeah. So there was some sort of a dividing line because you mentioned like the Ruffles commercial that mm. – it sounded like that literally scared you. It does. That was probably about four or five. So like I was pretty young. Well, what I'm getting at is it sounded like there was a dividing line where something happened where you said, okay, some of this can be amusing. I think that was the um, Abbott and Costello. Yeah, maybe. I think maybe because Abbott and Costello was more, they were funny in it and they made the mm. monsters funny. And I don't know if the Ruffles commercial didn't give me enough context. Like, cause what commercials are what? 30 seconds in length. And Mm -hmm. he was choosing between biting the woman and eating the chips. I think was the biggest choice he was trying to make. (laughs) Right. And, um, I think it was also because my mom introduced me to Alba Costello and it was in black and white and I knew it was older. That was the next thing I was going to ask is whether or not that had something to do with your mom. You mentioned that she liked Halloween. Was it, did she just in general like dressing up? Was was there something special about Halloween? Oh no, I and I and I've definitely taken on that trait. My mom and I love to dress up. We actually just went out last night and I never wear the same outfit that I'm wearing at during the day when I go out at night. It is something that was definitely ingrained in me. So Halloween hmm. was a big thing that my mom uh liked and and she did love dressing up too for it. And I hmm. think that's what created my my love for it was her enjoyment of it. But it was never about scary. Like my mom would like do scary An things. to do something special. Yeah. Like my mom would do like the scary music and stuff for the kitties. But like it was my mom. So I wasn't scared. Like it was my mom. Right. So like definitely uh, monsters and stuff like that when I was whatever, whatever age it was that I watched Abba and Costello. We're going to guess maybe six, seven. From that point on, it was about fun. You know, it mm. wasn't really scary anymore. It was about fun. So maybe something happened there with her having some introduction to it to say, Hey, you know, some of this can be fun. Yeah. 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 Probably moving into teenage years stuff. Then the, the three things that you mentioned first were scream Friday, the 13th and Halloween. Mm -hmm. I think you said scream first and then the others. Yeah. I watched scream was the first one. And then I believe it was Friday the 13th and then it was Halloween because it was watching the major ones that people talked about. Right. So I don't even Mm. know how I located them because the internet wasn't really a thing back then. It was probably just through hearsay. I probably was like, Mm. oh man, I really like scream. And so I was like, oh, you should watch the one about the guy that stabs people on Halloween. Like it was probably something casual like that. Um, And just going to, well, we all remember the good old video store days, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Wandering around the video store and just kind of looking at covers and reading the back of it and being like, all right, I'll give this a shot. Trying to follow up on the references. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Got to do your research, you know? Yeah. You yeah. know what's funny is that I love Scream so much without knowing the references. That is kind of ironic because I did watch it having no idea about the quizzing or anything at the beginning. I just thought it was cool. Like, I just thought this ghost face guy was cool. And Drew Barrymore was in it, who was super hot at the time. And I don't know. I just thought it was a really fun story. And I love Nev Campbell. And I partly maybe it was just seeing a Canadian star making it on the big screen because that didn't happen a lot, <laughs> you know, unless you're Jim Carrey <laughs> or, you know, stars like that. Wasn't, right. Wasn't she in the craft before that? She was, but I didn't see the craft first. You hadn't heard right. It, yeah. Like I knew of it, but I, and then I eventually I went and watched the craft. Um, but scream was where I saw her. And that was where I was like, mm. Oh my God, she's made it. You know, like mm. she was on party of five, but to see, and I think this is just a Canadian thing. Like you got the John Candies, you got all those other people, but to see a female, young female who was on mm. a fucking show called Catwalk, which was <laughs> a PC mm. Canadian drama, worse than Degrassi. Um, and the, is that worse, possible? Oh, it is worse possible. than the reboot. Um, I haven't watched the reboot, so I can't really comment on the reboot. Is bad. Um, is it bad? Okay. Um, you know, so to see her make it, I think that kind of helped too. And I just thought she was cool. And I thought Drew Barrymore was cool. And I don't know. I don't know why I liked that movie so much. And I'll be honest, my love for Scream has depreciated over the years. I don't Mm -hmm. put it on the pedestal that I used to, but that just comes with watching more movies and Mm -hmm. expanding your, your knowledge. Right. Yeah. No, I can understand that. I mean, I didn't even know that she was Canadian until you mentioned that. Like, if you were to ask me Canadian women, the top, the oh, I couldn't even pick a third. The only two that I could think of would be Alanis Morissette and Celine Dion. Hey, at least Alanis Morissette's on there. I appreciate that. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay, so Scream you enjoyed uh, for a number of positive reasons. Yeah. What about Friday the 13th? The first one I remember thinking like, oh, what a good little murder mystery. Mm. Yeah, that kind <laughs> of is, you know? It's, uh, right, it it's like, hey, who done it? Right? I was like, but where's that Jason guy that everyone talks about? Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end, I was like, oh, so like he shows up later. Yeah, Got you gotta it. continue. Right? Tune in next episode for maybe a hockey <laughs> match. <laughs> yeah, and right. then I proceeded to watch, I think I watched all the Friday the 13th that were out at the time. I can't remember if Jason Goes to Space was out. When mm. I started watching them, I, I can't remember when that one came out. Probably okay if it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> right. Even though that was filmed in Toronto. Um, really? Yes, it was. It was filmed in Toronto. So um, it, doesn't make up it looks it. like it was filmed at a paintball <laughs> place in Toronto. It does. Doesn't it? it? Does. Right? With like stupid, cheesy, like paintball outfits. But anyway, I. And then I remember I watched the second, the third, and the fourth, and I was like, oh, that's what they're talking about. But then mm-hmm. when he had, like, a sack on, I was like, but where's the hockey mask? <laughs> right? mm-hmm. Because I had become familiar. Either someone had showed me or I had seen the movie covers with the hockey mask and was confused about how this made any sense. But eventually, um, I began to watch those. And I realized how much I like slashers. Probably gonna ask me why do you like slashers? And I don't know. I just mm-hmm. thought the, the formula was simple to follow. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, okay, a bunch that's... of teenagers do shit and they get stabbed. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right? Don't fuck in the woods, you know. Yeah, and like I don't know, as a you know young lady, I've always had a uh, a fondness for sex, we'll say, and drinking and partying. Definitely, I make no. <laughs> you listen to me on Slumber Party Massacre. I don't hold back on my my enjoyment of also life pleasures. Canadian. Pardon? I said also being Canadian. Also be yes, absolutely. That's what all Canadians love. It's uh, <laughs> it's part no, of well, our, I, our heritage. Well, <laughs> you could say it that way too. The other the other way to say it is that being that you're not American, you're not 
don't don't necessarily need to feel as prudish as we are. That's true. That's true. We'll go with that. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, so I think because I already thought those activities were cool, watching people do them and then get killed, I was like, oh yeah, and like look at the blood and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, fuck yeah. Like, and it was safe. You know, yeah. I had had this really traumatic experience happen to me. And, you know, I wasn't even sure if I was going to share it in the podcast, but I think it's important to talk about these things because I think it's important to talk mm. about violence against women. It happens. It happens more commonly than we want to admit to. So, you know, it did happen to me. And I think this was a safe way for me to fantasize about seeing violence and not being affected by it. And like knowing that it was fine when you shut off the TV, right? Like seeing the blood in the guts and the grossness and the, oh man, look at this decapitation or man, look at this, but being able to turn off my TV and be like, okay, but it's not real. I had something real happen to me, but this isn't real. And it was for me an escape. Um, I never thought of that till our conversation now, but maybe that was the case. Mm -hmm. What? Oh, that like I was watching movies as an escape to, because around that time that I started watching horror movies is around that time that attack happened to me. And I'm wondering if maybe I was watching all these because I did escalate. I went from scream to like watching all these slashers that maybe it was a safe way to watch violence, but not be affected by it. Maybe it was therapeutic too. Maybe I was fantasizing about doing that to that person. I don't know. Um, Mm. I never, ever looked at it that way. So, but maybe it's interesting that you say, you know, the revenge aspect, because for a minute there, I was wondering if you were, looking at it as more of, you know, oh my God, this could have happened to me. Aren't I lucky I got away type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I knew the intention was rape. He admitted to that. Um, Hmm. So it was, I wonder if now it was like a safe way for me to watch stuff happen and not be affected. And I think it was also the adrenaline high that you get the suspense and the shock value of it i just liked being shocked i liked Mm. being surprised i liked the rush that came with it and i don't know if it was a safe rush as opposed to the very unsafe rush i had which wasn't a feel-good feeling um Mm. yeah i don't really know i don't know if that was a correlation or not or if it was just circumstance um it's hard to say so many years from now right like so many years apart it's hard to say like you say there's and I don't know if this is what you were alluding to or not, but it, it is known that people who have gone through traumatic things sometimes willfully engage in those same mm. things in a way that they're consenting, but you know, maybe like with safe words and things like that, because it's an ex in not an escape, but in a, a chance to somehow control the situation. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard to describe. But, you know, the, the, you know, the aspects of things like safe words and things like that, it, it, it allows some people to say, okay, I'm going to do this, but I, I'm going to have something to say about how it happens and what I'm okay with, what I'm not okay with when I get to stop, you know, that kind of stuff the, it, it's almost strange how that can make feel make, make people feel better about, you know, the engaging in the experience. Yeah, you can't see me right now, Steve, but I'm nodding as you're speaking. Um, <laughs> I heard the I, nodding. I heard right. It. And I, and I think the good point, that you, and also I've the final girl aspect of it, there's always the final girl in all these movies that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's a woman, generally speaking, with the exception of a couple of the Friday 13th movies, but it, yeah. there's always a woman involved and she always is triumphant. And maybe I represented with that too. Cause I felt I was triumphant. Survival. Right. I felt I survived. 
you know, and I, of course, I, when, when something like this happens to you and you go to the police, um, you learn about all the other people that are wanted and you have to look at some pictures and you have to learn about mm-hmm. um, all the horrible things that have happened in your community that you had no idea about to, to young ladies. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of saw myself maybe, you know, as the person that got away and was able to stop it because I reported it such a clear definition description of who this person was. They found him very shortly afterwards. So there was, you know, yeah. no risk of him hurting somebody else, which was my concern. Um, so, you know, maybe that helped too. Maybe I was in living like, yeah, I was like a final girl in real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is a safe way of um, experiencing it through these films. Mm-hmm. Reliving it. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that one aspect until you just said that. Yeah. Going down to the police station and having them be like, okay, which one of these 600 guys yeah. was it? <laughs> yeah. And hearing what they've done, like, you know, I, you it that was a very tough thing for a 14 year old girl to sit through and i understood why they were telling me you know that the situation was handled well i have no criticism of that but you know it's it's definitely enlightening but i think you've really made me think about how i viewed those females because i think most women who watch horror films i can speak i think for all the the summer party masquerades girl ladies that I podcast with, we all envision ourselves as the final girl. We want to be the smartest. We want to be the one that is smartest to kill her. We want to be the one that gets the revenge. No one's like, oh man, I hope I die in the first scene. Fucking some guy. <laughs> right? Like no guy, no girl's like, except for, I always joke that I'm like, yeah, I'd be the first one dead. I'd be banging and getting drunk. Like, cause realistically guys, I probably would be. So <laughs> that's like, but I think deep down inside, we all fantasize about being the one that's the most powerful. And, you know, maybe this was a way for me to, to escape to that too, at that time imagining how how many female horror fans out there would be in that situation just going oh fuck right, <laughs> right, right exactly like really I, right right <laughs> yeah didn't even get a chance damn it <laughs> right okay so halloween movies you got a, got into that after Friday the Thirteenth, or was it kind of like going back and forth between them? No, I think I did. Like, I'm one of those people that I'm like, well, I started the Friday the Thirteenth series, I gotta watch all of them. So, like, I did that, mm-hmm. and then I I watched Halloween, and I remember being like, oh man, this is a little slow, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but times have changed, right? Times yeah. have changed, and. I, of course, appreciate the movie greatly. I'm just talking about from a first teenager perspective of the film. I really thought Jamie Lee Curtis, I remember hearing about her, and I was like, oh, fuck, shit, she's great. Shit, this movie's Mm -hmm. awesome. And I really enjoyed Annie, and I I really enjoyed the character development and the music. I think Halloween was the first time where I realized, because I liked music like you know most young people do but this was a film where i saw music besides jurassic park which of course i think like i saw when i was 10 and like you remember the music in it i think halloween was the first horror at least horror movie who's who had a soundtrack that you knew Mm -hmm. yeah like you just knew the music right I remember being like, oh, fuck, wow, this is so well put together. Oh, my goodness. It's so subtle, but so scary. And, like, it was only recently that I watched the Netflix documentary, and they're like, oh, there's no blood. I'm like, oh, fuck, there is no blood. <laughs> like, I was, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of look back on it, and you're like, oh, shit, yeah, you're right. There actually wasn't any blood. Yeah. There was only blood. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, I remember watching, strangely enough, I after Halloween, I, of course, watched Halloween 2, and I was like, oh, great. It continues off from, like, the hospital. Fuck yeah. Woo, right? Like, I thought it was so great. And then I remember watching three and I'd be, and the whole time I'm like, Michael's going to show up soon. Michael's going to show up soon. I'm like, Michael's not going to show up, but I still liked it. And I was like, okay, like maybe this isn't part of the series. Like I got super confused. So I, I did watch all the Halloweens. Um, Uh, I am curious. It seems like you have a thing for series. Yeah, yeah, Mm. I guess so. Huh? (laughs) Um, Are you, 
do you feel yourself as being a very linear person? Um, not anymore. Uh, at that time, yes, because I think it was easy and accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, it was easy to be like, well, I saw the first one. I guess I'll see the second one. Yeah. Right. right. Now, since I, we brought up series and since we talked about uh, films that were filmed in Canada earlier, I, I meant to bring this up that I, I got to ask now. Have you watched all of the wrong turns? I have watched the majority of them. Don't they get increasingly more Canadian as they go along? Like, no, this is, this is totally a, a sheriff's office in the middle of West Virginia. <laughs> like, wow. They got maple trees and yeah. there's someone yeah. coming by with and a bat The cops are yeah. Canadian Mounties and they, yeah. just, they slap like a U.S. star on there instead. Like, <laughs> as they go on, I swear, it gets more and more like, all right, well, y'all are just not even trying Drive anymore. Huh? Tim no. <laughs> no, they're like, it's like, it's like America. Only not. <laughs> yeah. America North. Right? Of course. Of course. I wonder you if know some what's... Canadians find that insulting a little bit. Like, so we're not like West Virginia? Uh, sure here, here you're assuming that a lot of people watch those later wrong turn films, well, right? That's that um, a good point. Yes. All, right? all seven of us who have watched them. <laughs> yes. Right. And the two Canadians who are like, oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> right? Right. I, I was more going along the lines of the answer to, are there any blank that feel blank the answer is always yes there's always somebody who feels that way True. right yeah of course yeah. of course but yeah i just i always found that you interesting they didn't you know? feel that way until you asked the question the fact that you have now asked the question means that somebody <laughs> must feel that way <laughs> for sure for sure so moving into some of the other teenage questions did you continue participate in Hall- participating in halloween as a teen oh absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely Fantastic. and as each year went i got more and more into the scary stuff Mm, so okay. uh, I worked at the YMCA as uh, I worked with kids and uh, mm-hmm. some actually the happiest years of my life was working with kids. And mm. I, uh, every year we would do a haunted house and uh, I would like to scare the kids. I, I went from not wanting to be scared to wanting to scare and being okay with being scared myself. Uh, I go to haunted houses regularly and I started doing that as a teenager and it was like I, I really wanted the thrill of it, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. It's almost like taking back my fear that I had as a child, as a you know, 16, 17, 18-year-old. Mm. Makes sense. Being the, yeah. the person that you said you were afraid of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was afraid. Then I was the one causing the fear. <laughs> um, you know? And that's probably where I, you know, I bought my screen costume. I, I mentioned that earlier and I would run around with it and I would go out of the way to like hide even my sneakers and like I would wear gloves so no one would know it was me. And I would run around the YMCA. Like, I don't even know how my boss let me do it. Like, he was pretty chill to be like, ah, it's fine, Heather, that you're terrifying literally all the members. I went to the fitness center. Like it was, it was bad. Um, but you know, it was funny at the time. So right. yeah, I just, it was a shift happen. Any other favorite costumes from that part of your life? <sighs> I went as sporty spice one year or sport mm-hmm. spice or whatever she fucking was called. Um, mm-hmm. And not scary spice. No, not scary spice. I think I went for sporty because it was easy because I had the tracksuit that kind of looked like something she would wear. And I was going mm-hmm. to a party and I wanted to look cute for a boy there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know there was obviously some, you know, different intentions that happened as, uh, as I matured, but priorities, uh, source, you know. right, priorities. Uh, I would say that was the best one. I loved my screen costume, like until it got to the point where it was too short for me. <laughs> Cause I still grew a little bit. 
it looked funny and I couldn't really justify wearing it anymore. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that was probably my fave. Any least favorites? I don't remember. Nothing really stands out. Nothing. Okay. Um, yeah. Any recurring dreams in your teens? Mm. Well, I obviously had some trauma from being attacked. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, sometimes I would dream about being followed. That was really challenging, though that hasn't that hasn't happened since. Uh, but I think that was that was the biggest thing is that feeling of somebody following you and running behind you, and the anticipation of them putting their hand over your mouth. Mm-hmm. Right. I kind of relived that through my dreams. Yeah, that'll like, that'll stick with you. Yeah, yeah. Just a bit. Anything actual actually scary happened in real life other than the thing we already mentioned? Not in, besides like, <laughs> you know, dumb shit, right? Like I was at a party and a gang broke in and they, uh, oh. <laughs> it wasn't a real gang. This is Canada. They don't have real fucking gangs. No. It was like two guys who thought they were in a gang. And the lady who was hosting the party was my friend's sister who was even older. And, uh, she kicked the shit out. Like, oh, yeah, she out. kicked the shit out of them. She threw them across the car. And I think the only thing I was scared of is I was like, fuck, I'm 18 years old. The cops are gonna show up. My parents are gonna fucking kill me. I need to get the fuck out of here. Um that was probably the scariest experience that I had been in in the sense that I didn't I didn't want to get in trouble. Um but nothing like what happened to me when I was a, a young woman. Right. But I, I have had some other things happen. But we'll get to that. Later. We'll get to that in adulthood. Right. When uh, when your friend kicked the people out of the house, was was one of them a biker and on his way out, did he ask her politely to um, not tell anyone about it because it would ruin his teaching career? <laughs> no, no, no. That's a reference. No. Who gets it? No. <laughs> no. Can't say I do. Weird science. Oh, I, yes. The mutants. You mentioned that. Yes. Oh, that would have been I really cool, but that didn't right. happen. No, sadly. Uh, so, okay, moving into adult stuff. Um, if we were to ask what are some of the, your biggest impacting relation to horror, you know, what are you the th- what things are you the biggest fan of in your adult years? What would be the things that come off your head? I think now I'm a lot more interested in low budget, um, what you would call artistic and societal horror. Mm-hmm. I'm very passionate about political horror. You mm-hmm. give me the Jordan Peels. Mm-hmm. You give me um, Swallow from a couple of years ago that some mm-hmm. people would consider horror. Some people went. It was horror. Um, it was it definitely was horror. horror. It was horror. And uh, that is what I'm all about now. I'm mm-hmm. definitely, I, I enjoy me a good slasher. I watched Aqua Slash, which was a Canadian low budget horror film. Oh, yeah. I still need to check that one out. <laughs> it's fun. It's it takes, it takes place in a water park, right? That's yeah, hilarious. Um, you know, and it's fun. That's fun, fluffy. You have a good time with it. You know, I, 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 like, I love Terrifier, for example. I think Terrifier is an excellent example of a low budget, well done slasher. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about the gun argument. Oh, a lot of people are like, it's I won't so even go down that road. What? It's realistic. Uh, and it just his expression when he comes back and shoots her is fucking hilarious. Like it's 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 great, right? You know, like that's a that's a great movie. And talk about a villain creating fear without saying a word. Very similar to Michael mm-hmm. Myers, right? Like I think that's a really a great um, a great movie that came out. I love the movie It Follows because I love how they talk about how it is to be a female and the burden that women take 
the mm-hmm. sexual freedom and not that the men don't have the same one and how she's so hesitant to pass the curse on where this guy was like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to fuck you so I can get rid of it. Yeah. You know, I think it really, I, I think those kind of movies speak to me more as an adult. And I think it just has to do with experience. I've been married and divorced. Um, and I, you know, 39 years old, I've, I've just lived more and I, and I see the injustices in society and I, I applaud horror for taking it on and, mm-hmm. and giving it a stage to, to talk about it. Not uncommon. Nope. Uh, a lot of people that we've talked to, it, it, I'm sure a lot of the listeners out there too, you're the things that are important to you change as we age. And I think as we get older and start to recognize all the shit that's going on in the world around us, I mean, as you say, some, some of the stuff you were keyed into at an early age, but it just broadens from there. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think that's, you know, and I think that's the power of horror movies now. You know, I think when you look at even his house that came out last year on Netflix, that is a movie that really challenged the concept of refugees and how they're treated. It gave me a perspective, you know, being, I, I do talk about privilege. I'm a white female that's heterosexual, openly heterosexual. You know, I got a lot of privilege. I work for a post-secondary institution. You know, I, I have a very, a lot of privilege in life. And I find that horror movies that challenge us to look at different people's perspectives, especially international films, it is really humbling. Um, there was one that was on Shudder, Tigers Are Not Afraid. Mm-hmm. What a heavy film. Because that shit happens. Like, obviously, the ghost stuff, but, like, kids being involved in the cartel and that kind of shit. Like, it's, it really takes society and it kind of explores it in a way that is almost safe, but and also makes you think. It depends what you go with. You can watch it and just be like, holy shit, that's scary. Or you can watch it and be like, holy shit, that's scary and that happens. What can I do or can I do anything? Or how can I educate myself on this if I choose to? And, and I do think mm-hmm. horror now, and especially with being a podcaster, you know, not so much on Slumber Party Massacre. That's more of a, a fun, I don't want to say, I'll say a fluffy podcast. But Friday Nightmare, Scott and I, you know, when we did our sexual violence and horror, that was a real exploration of how sexual violence is used in horror films. And I never would have had that conversation at 16 years old. I, But now at 39, I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. Like, let's talk about how this is used and why and why it's important. And, you know, what what we're learning and what we're seeing it's 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 an interesting stage to be in in life with horror films yeah i was thinking as you were talking you know at least from my perspective i don't think social commentary and horror is is all that new but maybe some topics are mm-hmm. like for example sexual violence previously probably you know it was hinted at but not anywhere near as on display as it is these days because you know it was a taboo you yeah. know you're not you weren't allowed to talk about sex but much less sexual violence in in mass media and as things have gone on over the last hundred years obviously that's opened up and people are now talking about a lot more things that they weren't talking about before yeah right and like i find that now i watch documentaries you know, I, I'm, I, I like watching like in search of darkness. I'm, I'm not sure if either one of you have watched that part one or part two. It's really eye opening. on your right. Political stuff in horror isn't new. Like Dawn of the dead, you know, that was a whole commentary yeah. on commercialism. Right. But if we go mm-hmm. back to night of the living dead and you know, the decision to cast a black man, mm-hmm. well, George A. Romano didn't do that because he was black. He did no. it because he was the best he was actor. A good actor. But, 
but, but I think, still, it, right? did he maybe like realize that he cast a black actor and in the end rewrote the uh, the scene where the gang of white dudes come and just shoot him? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of wonder about that sometimes. Like, I've, I've yeah. heard the same thing. He cast him not because he was black, just because he was a good actor. But I got to wonder, like, did he write that ending in to kind mm-hmm. of put a message out there? You know, and I think that's a valid question, Chris, right? Like, I think when we look at this, it's, and and now we have Jordan Peele be more open about it. Yeah, you he know, is more definitely open not. Like, to... You know, get out. He's like, yeah, man, this is called microaggression. <laughs> right? <laughs> and and that's fine. You know, people can take it or leave it, but it happens. But I, I just, I agree. I think there's always been societal commentary and horror, like Videodrome. You know, we could go mm-hmm. on the list is on, right? Of, of you know, great commentaries. But yeah. I find now, especially with women, women are getting more of a voice. Mm-hmm. And women of color are getting more of a voice. People of color are getting more of a voice. And I find that to me is teaching me things through horror. Like, as I said, tigers are not afraid. Mm-hmm. That's not far off from what it's like. And I, and I think that was enlightening to me of how powerful drug lords and the, Me- the Mexican cartel are. Like, I, I don't know that I live here in Canada. I live in a pretty safe environment. And I find that's where my interest has changed in my mm-hmm. late thirties when it comes to horror films. Well, if I were to summarize a couple of the things that you brought up there in, in the, um, you know, pass of this call, I mean, women's voice, women's power, minority exposure, sexual violence, a lot of this stuff basically boils down to power distribution, mm-hmm. which is a very reasonable thing to be a concern of yours, <laughs> yeah. given that you are a woman and you've been through this shit. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, a little bit. I um, I just recently completed my my master's. I work for a university, wow. and I completed my master's of education. And my passion is privilege in education. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only is it like reflected through horror, it's reflected through other things <laughs> in my life too. Yeah. Um, mm. Where I feel like uh, you know, and there's a great movie that came out. It's not super horror, but it was Master, and it was uh, recently released on uh, released on Prime. And it does definitely reflect the post-secondary environment. And yeah, you're right. It's it's not privilege and power. I feel like I do have a lot in my situation that I'm in. But even then, I do see where... You're still not at the top yes, of the chain. Yes, where the patriarchy, and I mean this with all due respect to both of you being on this podcast, is very strong, mm. right? And it doesn't mean that every man is out there to oppress. Absolutely not. But we do have a system where sometimes other voices are not heard over others. And sometimes that has to do with economic wealth. Sometimes it has to do with skin color. Sometimes it has to do with the country that you're born in, the language that you speak, so many different factors. And yeah. I do love how horror is going down that realm. And and I notice that more with international films too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that means that I still enjoy the good slasher. I still enjoy like, you know, I watched Scream 5 when it came out and I watched Halloween kills last year as well and you know like it's fine like those are fine but like i i do crave more now mm-hmm. i definitely yeah. want more from my my viewing experience yeah i think it's definitely something a lot of people can relate to i mean even chris and myself i know earlier today as a matter of fact i had posted something on facebook about i saw something somewhere else about how screwed up uh you know the economic system is at the moment and i said you know i'm Obviously, I'm older now. I've gotten some education and some career experience, and I'm making more money than I was when I was 20. You know, I'm in a better place now than I was, but I haven't forgotten where I was, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And I feel I can probably speak for Chris on this that, you know, I made 
the comment a minute ago that you're not at the food, you weren't at the top of the food chain. Neither are we, no, you know, no. <laughs> we, are you ever really you at know. the top of the food chain though? You know, like, well, if you own Amazon, but, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> there are like two or three people in the world right yes, now that we can say yes, are at the top of the food yes, chain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and those are the people that make a lot of decisions too. Right. And, um, and decisions that we may not even know about. The Illuminatis. Right? Yeah, I know. I'm really getting mm. like deep in conspiracy here. Let's all put our mm. thing. But like there's reality. Capitalism makes the world go around. You did right? mention the tin hat. Right? Mm. You know, you know, everyone it's true. And and you're right, we're not at the top of the food train here, but we do have we do have some privilege and power in the position that we're in. And mm-hmm. you know, right. that's where we can learn from others. And yeah. I um definitely, you know, I went from being a, a scared kid that couldn't handle a Ruffles commercial to watching Martyrs and Inside and Serbian films, Solo, you know, I've, I've pushed myself and even independent films I've, or film festivals. I've attended film festivals online mm-hmm. and watched some pretty, like, I would say some raw films. Uh, Landmine Goes Click. I don't Whoa. know if you guys have seen. Oh, man. <laughs> Talk about, I'm like, this will be a nice little survival film. Uh, yeah, okay. And it ends up being like a psychological <laughs> mindfuck near the end. Oh, like, man. Wow. Right? And, and, you know, but some people miss over those gems because it is a gem. Mm-hmm. It is a gem. But you got to, you don't know walking into it what you're going to walk into. Mm-hmm. And I, I think sometimes those are the best horror films. Yeah. You know, is that it, it takes you for a ride and it challenges you and you go, shit, I didn't see this coming. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm not so. sure. I think it's kind of not, not quite as cerebral, but another one like that is uh, The Battery. It's Absolutely. The Battery is an excellent film. Very on the surface, it's kind of a zombie yeah. film, but underlying that, it's it's kind of a, um, a a social struggle between two friends that are figuring out how much they trust each other. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like the platform, you know, we're, yeah. we're kind of just yelling out movies now, but like yeah. hopefully people watch these because honestly, yeah. like I, when you were like, Oh, I've seen landmine goes click. I'm like, Oh, thank God. Finally, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like finally I'm not talking about movie and they're like, Heather, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. But the platform, when that came out, talk about the perfect p- timing with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like it couldn't have been timed better. And you know, that was a mass release because it was on Netflix. And But still, some people don't watch it because it's a foreign film or whatever the case may be. But there's a lot of really good messages we can get from these films. And yeah, I'm, I'm liking where horror is going right now a lot. A Me lot. too. It's good. It's going in a good direction, I think. It is. So let's round out some of the uh, adult questions here. You've mentioned that you continue participating in Halloween as an adult. Absolutely. Every year I try to go to a new haunted excursion minus one. Actually, even during COVID, I did mm-hmm. go out to one. Um, yes. We had to do a socially distanced uh, haunted house, but I will give uh, Bigamins out in uh, Waterloo, Ontario credit. They did a great mm-hmm. job for what they could do. I've been to the largest one in Niagara Falls. I've been to tons. I went to one at Castle Loma this year. That was incredible, um, which is in Toronto. So, yeah, I, I tend to do tons of stuff. I take my friend's kids to uh, Boo at the Zoo, which uh, is yeah. where we dress up and we go trick-or-treating among the zoo animals. It's pretty mm-hmm. cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wear usually two different costumes. I have my child-friendly costume, which was this year was Cat in the Hat, hmm. done with the makeup and everything, and it was very popular. Buddha at the Sioux, just not to brag or anything, but uh, <laughs> and then I wear my adult costume, which hmm. tends to be a little bit more sexy. I uh, I did go out as uh, one of the ladies from the Rocky Horror Picture Show this year. Okay. Um, so yes, I'm Columbia? very much. Um, yes. <laughs> 
Colombia. Just Frankenfurter in Colombia. Like I'm still like a basic white chick. Okay, let's not get too excited here, right? So I also drink White Claw. Um, you know, there's some stuff that just is in my DNA. But I I do always choose two costumes. One is kid friendly. One is adult friendly. And mm. I go out and do that. How about any least favorites in your adult years? I don't think I have really any that I can feel like, honestly, like you asked me that question. I'm trying to think if I have any regrets, but I really think about my fucking costumes. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm always like, and like, I'll be honest, the lady costume is always cause I like want to look hot. Like I want to go out and look smoking and like have a good time. And then the kids one is always like, Oh, this is fun. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, right. I'm trying to remember. Oh, I went as Supergirl two years ago with my friend's daughter and we've even talked about doing a Jurassic Park theme where my friend will dress up as like the doctor or whatever the guy was that ran the park and the rest of us are going to dress up as blow up dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. <laughs> we might do that at Boot the Zoo next year. Who's going to be and- the clever girl, eh? Eh? Oh, I'm, no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the, yeah, that'll be me for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'm going to be the clever raptor. Um, <laughs> it fits my personality. So yeah, I'm, I, you know, like I, I don't have any regrets. I don't know. I can't remember anything that made There's me There's nothing upset. wrong with that. Yeah. It's still just a question because you never know what's going to come up. Yeah. No, like, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, like one time I did dress up as like a movie star and I went out to Boston pizza, which is a chain here like your chilies mm. basically and uh we knew the bartender really well and i talked like a valley girl the entire night like this and like <laughs> the bartender was fine like heather i can't fucking take it i'm gonna punch you in the face <laughs> <and stop." laughs> oh so that that was probably she was annoyed i thought it was hilarious because i wore my sunglasses too the entire time and i had this fake fur coat and I was like, and I had a boa, like I went fucking all out. And I was like, I would like a martini. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, Acting. Right? I was like, I'm turning to be an actress. I'm going to follow Nev Campbell. My dream has come true. <laughs> but yeah, so that would probably be the one that other people hated, but I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, anything actually terrifying in real life? Yes. I've been waiting to tell this story, Steve. I thought you would never ask. So I, uh, about, we'll say six, seven years. Oh, no, I'm still married. So like 10 years ago. Oh, my God. Ah, oh, my goodness. Anyway, I was uh, about 10, 9, 10 years ago. I was driving on a major freeway here is what you call them in the United States. For all my Canadian friends, I was driving on the 403. You'll know if you're from Ontario what highway that is. Mm. And I was going about 110, 120 kilometers an hour. So we'll say that's about 60 to 70 miles an hour. Driving along, do, 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 do. This log comes, like it's a small log, but it was a log, comes flying off the back of this pickup truck. Smashes my windshield. Final destination flashbacks. (laughs) Smashes my windshield and embeds in it. Holy shit. Misses my face. Uh Uh-huh. Thank God I had my sunglasses on. And I hear this explosion. Like it sounded like a bomb went off. I open my eyes and I see this and I'm like, I need to get to this day. I have no idea how going at that speed, I managed to pull over. I was in the middle lane. So I had to go over one lane and then I pulled off on the next exit that was maybe I'll talk in miles in terms of my American friends here, half a mile, (laughs) maybe half a mile. I had to go half a mile to a mile. And I was like, I pulled over, I was shaking and and I was covered in glass, but the safety glass. Right. And (laughs) I was a little cut on my knees because it was summertime. And I called my husband at the time. And I was like, 
something hit my car. And he's like, well, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I think so. But I don't think I can drive my car. The windshield's caved in. You think? Right? Like, but you're like so shocked, right? So he's like, okay, I'm coming. Um, he worked. And he gets, he's like, what the fuck? He was like, he got there and he was like, oh, what the fuck happened, Heather? I'm like, I don't know. This log came from nowhere. And he's looking at me and he's looking at the windshield and he's like, how did you? And he's like, and you were on the highway. I'm like, yeah. He's like, how fast were you going? I told him. He's like, mm-hmm. how did you stay calm enough <laughs> to not cause That's an accident? Right? right? Like, really, that should have been an 18 car haul- pile up. I should have right. panicked. Um, the tow truck driver came and said the same thing to me. I should have called the police, but I didn't. And at, the, at that point, I don't know what they were going to do. What was I going to say? Well, some truck right. that I don't have the license plate of driving on this major highway had something fall off of it. Mm, right. Like it, there was no way to report it. There was nothing that could be done. Yeah. So, right. I, well, you could report it because somebody else who saw it might have gotten the guy's license plate fair, and called it in. Fair. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think of it at the time. And right. neither did my husband. And it's called shock. It's called yeah. shock, right? right? And I, and they told the car back. Um, we got the windshield replaced. And I've since driven on the highway many a times um, and driven. But honestly, I to this day, I remember closing my eyes, opening it, seeing the log embedded in my windshield and it was like a half a log it wasn't like a full log but i was like holy fuck i need to not get into it like my first thought was everyone else around me and then i had to make sure i didn't hit anybody right wow and just calmly got off the highway and i hope if i'm ever in a situation like that again i can repeat my actions and stay calm and do what needs to be done but i'm like this was a fucking final destination moment this was you know like literally the movie come to life (laughs) But no, I'd, I'd say you passed the test there. That, that was a very good uh, execution of doing the right thing and just being <laughs> level-headed. Yeah. yeah. Has that affected your life moving forward? It affects Final Destination, that log scene. Let me tell you. I'm like, <laughs> that shit happens! Right? Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> like you know? Leonardo DiCaprio meme pointing at the movie, movie right? screen. Like, ah, ah, see? Ah, that shit happens! Right? <laughs> right? But in terms of what I watch for horror movies, absolutely not. I just, um, I just think I do have some Final Girl capability. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> just saying. Out of all the other ladies on the Summer Party Massacre who are listening to this right now, just so you guys know, mm. I am more likely to be the final girl. <laughs> Would you consider yourself more of a uh, Jamie Lee Curtis from Halloween or more of an Aaron from Your Next? Oh, Aaron from Your Next. <laughs> like, is that even a question? <laughs> Come on. I'm definitely Aaron. No, I'm, from just, your I'm, next. I'm, I'm gauging your skill because Aaron from Your Next is a 10. You know, that, that's what the right. final girls oh, yeah. all aspire to be. Like, yeah, well, I'm Canadian, so automatically I, okay. I know how to do all that shit just to survive my wilderness that I live in, right? Like, true, of course. Serious, true. serious times. <laughs> but that and. Ontario and wilderness. Right? Well, and I've <laughs> run into bears. I'll be honest. The other traumatic experience is oh. I have gone up north and I, uh, real up north, and I've run into baby bears. Mm, baby before. bears are followed by mama bears. And and I was very lucky one time I was going for a jog and a car went ahead of me, turned around, came back and said, you need to turn around now. There's a mama with three cubs. Mm. And I was like, thank you. And one other time I was, I was fishing and I turned around and I saw two very adorable baby bears. And I turned to my buddy. I'm like, we need to get the fuck out of here now. He's like, why? I'm like, because there's three cubs or two cubs that are like Mm -hmm. two feet away from us. He's like, holy fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, when you want to scare a Canadian, put a baby bear mm. near them or a moose. 
Right. Yeah. Is even worse. Even mm-hmm. worse, right? Uh, but definitely. So that's like animal terror, I guess you could say. But uh, my final yeah. destination real life moment that wins. Understandably. Yeah. Let's jump down to some of these uh, wrap up questions. So the first two questions I'm going to give you at the same time, because it could be the same answer for both or it could be di- two different answers. The first one is what is your favorite movie? And the second question is what movie would you say you've watched more times than any other? Favorite movie changes mm. every year. First one off the top of your head. Rent-a-Pal. Rent-a-Pal? Rent-a-Pal from 2020. 2021, I think. Was it 2021? Yeah. No, 2020. Yeah. We'll come back to yeah. that. So, uh, movie you've you've watched more times than any other? No, Nightmare on Elm Street. Which one? The first one. Mm. Okay. Yes. So, okay, back to Rent a Pal. What's that about? It's got Will so, Wheaton. I know it does have. Did you Google it? <laughs> <laughs> it does have Will Wheaton. Um, the reason why Rent a Pal came to my mind is because I think it was one of the better done horror movies that talked about psychology. So I think you gentlemen might like it. Um, (laughs) It's about a gentleman who is caregiving for his mom in the Mm nineties and he's very lonely and he's socially awkward and he does video dating and it's kind of pulls in a little bit of video drone because uh, Will Wheaton's character through the rent-a-pal friend video that he gets, um, there tends to be an unhealthy psychological dependency that develops mm. and he does try to have normal relationships, but he declines further and further. So sprinkle in a little bit of a uh, video drone, sprinkle in a little bit of, you know, social isolation, sprinkle in a little bit of the nineties nostalgia. There's even a roller skating scene for all our nineties people. You'll probably dig that too. Um, mm. You get a really good horror film and there's some really good kills People either love this or hate it. My coworkers on the some my coworkers, my co-podcasters on the on the Summer Party Massacre do not like it. Myself and my other co-host Scott love it, praise it. I think it was one of the better, more creative horror movies to come out in the last couple of years. Um, what do you like about it? I like how it took relationships and discussed loneliness and isolation, and the stress that parental care can have on an adult. Mm-hmm. The stress that you have in your 40s, 50s of being alone and society's perception of someone who is alone by choice or alone because they're taking care of a parent and that loneliness that's developed from it. The, because people can be very cruel and it can be hard for some people to connect. And I think this movie really exposed the extremity of what can happen in that situation. And that's important to you because... I think a lot of people are lonely. I think there, there's, you know, I'm a very, not to brag here, I guess, but I consider myself to be a very kind person. And, um, you know, I have a lot of friends that are socially awkward, that do socially awkward things that I know other people who I'm who I friends with, like, oh, they're so weird. I'm like, you know what? They're not. Just because they're a little socially awkward, you don't know if either they're autistic or that they just, you know, have a different way of interacting. Try being kind. There's nothing wrong with being kind. Mm-hmm. Let's try digging one more layer deeper. Why is being kind important to you? Well, I think probably because I was bullied a lot as a kid and I was a shy, overweight child. And I always liked, you know, stereotypically boy stuff. I liked G.I. Joe's. I liked Transformers. I, um, I liked sports. I liked you know, safe fantasies, like fun monster stuff, you know, that doesn't really fit in with other females. Right. And I wasn't always treated very kindly from people. And I chose to take that 
and change it around. And instead of being angry at people, I choose kindness. I always default to kindness until I have a reason not to be. In which case, I'm still respectful, but I do have boundaries. But I think it's important, like you, as I say to people, like when someone starts ripping on someone for liking Twilight, I'm like, I don't understand why a grown ass man needs to criticize a fucking child for liking Twilight. (laughs) Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It wasn't made for you. You know what you have the choice to do? Not watch it. Like, there you go. Problem solved, right? I I just feel like that kind of bullying is ridiculous. And unfortunately, I see it a lot in the horror community, and I think it's unacceptable. Hasn't come up in a couple interviews, I don't think, but one of my favorite authors is uh, Professor Joseph Campbell, who a lot of people might describe him as teaching comparative religion. Um, However, that's not really how I see it. Comparative religion, most often they'll they'll say, okay, here are the major religions of the world and here's what makes them different. What Professor Campbell did is he looked at not just the major religions, but all of them, all mythologies and stuff like that, and said, look how many things are similar, even ones that groups of people who had no contact with each other from different parts of the world, thousands of years apart. Why are these similarities there? Is Does this tell us something about the hu- you know, like human nature and what it means to be a human being in this world we live in and society? And if we can figure out what things that this might teach us about what our needs are at different stages of our lives, maybe we can find better ways to meet those needs better than we're currently doing. And the thing that reminded me of this is when you're talking about basically toxicity uh, in the horror community, but you know, there are, there's toxicity in just about every mm-hmm. corner of the world. Mm-hmm. And it, it just makes me curious, where does that come from? And obviously there are reasons behind it. And that's a whole another podcast in and of itself. You know, there are reasons why people are like that, mm. but setting that aside, being bullied as a kid um, and some of the other things that you talked about there, again, it kind of goes back to a power imbalance, which again, makes sense as a, a child. You know, a lot of kids have a, Issues with power imbalances, because when you're a kid, you you aren't as big or as strong as adults are. And so there's issues with that, too, or even necessarily as big or as strong as older kids. So I could see that kind of tying in there, too. You're 100% right. And I think the toxicity, when you're you're toxic, it's because you're insecure and you're upset about your lack of power. So I could have chose two ways to deal with that pain. I could have chosen to be cruel. And I could choose to be judgmental and I choose not to be. And I'm not trying to say I'm a better person than anyone else. I'm not trying to present that, but my life is a lot happier because that's the philosophy that I choose Hmm. for me anyway. And, you know, I'm, I'm historical on podcasts and people get mad at me for this and I don't care. I will never say a movie. Like I won't be like, Oh, you're stupid for liking that movie. I'll be like, Oh, you know, that movie's well-made. I see the value here, but it just wasn't for me. Yeah. historically i i don't love midsummer now i respect the fuck out of that movie it's a well-made film it's well acted great message just wasn't my thing but it doesn't mean i can't respectively refer to it but also criticize mm-hmm. of the things i didn't like but i don't need to criticize one for liking it i need to criticize right. someone for liking whatever they like and i do think toxic toxicity comes from an insecurity it, that's my own personal belief and i just think you can be a lot happier in life if you just let people love what they love especially when it comes to the horror community and films within the horror community and just have productive, interesting conversations about it. 
since since we're talking about it, I'll add it's for me. It's not only an insecurity; it's also a system of belief because mm. uh, everybody has their own network of beliefs. But it's it's a system of beliefs that say. I believe that this is the appropriate reaction to that situation. Mm. And so there are people who believe whatever the situation is, this is how I should respond to that. Your choice, as you say, was to choose to be kind in that situation. And there are other people who choose differently because they have different belief systems. And that's a whole nother topic. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. no, I think that's a really good point. And yeah, and uh, sometimes that gets me in trouble. It gets me in trouble on Slumber Party Massacre because we have debates and I'm not – you know, I'll debate about other issues. Like I like to debate about politics and things, but to debate about horror films, like at the end of the day, you like what you like, you know, who am I to tell you not to like stuff? So that is sometimes a, a struggle on that podcast because I'm not as fiery as uh, I think people would like me to be, but that's just not who I am. I like try to make up with it with humor and goodwill and hope that that just carries me along. So hmm. do you see any common threads about what kinds of horror you like? Cannibalism, occult, metaphysical slashers? I'm all about eating people for sure. <laughs> all about the cannibal Holocaust. Um, raw. <laughs> yeah, raw. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm like, oh man, I really want to do that. Um, <laughs> right? Like, now I want some chicken wings. <laughs> you know what's funny is that they're going to school to be a vet, and at my post secondary, we have a vet school. So oh. I always find that really funny. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen, by the way, that doesn't happen. They don't do initiations like that at the school I work at. But, um, no, I know. <laughs> I hate to, I hate to uh, blow the whistle on that. I'm trying to think. Um, what is the what is my comfort? So if I'm turning on to shutter, and I want to watch something, yeah, you know do you what, gravitate right? to the slashix or the yeah. the Yule log or? <laughs> Yeah, the Yule Log. I'm like, ah, oh, safe Yule Log time. Let's watch this pumpkin <laughs> for three hours. <laughs> pumpkin time. Um, I think, you know, if it's a guilty pleasure, if I don't feel like being a super deep Heather and watching something political and societal, um, I like survival films. Okay. Like, I, I okay. dig, like, uh, what was that one that came out? The Ritual? Oh, uh, yeah, that was really ago. good. Oh, fuck. I was like, yeah, they're going to make it. Right? <laughs> like, I love that shit. It's not just the, the aspect of the, the creature or the demon. It's also just fucking yeah. nature and the world is trying to kill you. Okay. Right. And like, um, I, and zombie films can find this, follow this too. Like I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of Pawnee pool, which is by the way, Pawnee pool mm-hmm. is an actual city in Ontario. It is. Um, it's and the place, whole, right? Or where it it is. Yep. And the whole French and English thing is very much a Canadian uh, play on with the language but uh i like that like i like that kind of stuff but if i'm mm-hmm. if i'm feeling like being deep i'm gonna dig into something societal usually about oppression mm-hmm. sometimes the ghost is in it sometimes it's just about like you know a cult is in it or whatever but it, it has that theme of oppression and privilege so we could say um half survival half societal yeah. um not message but um observation i guess yeah any idea why you like those things I took sociology when I went to school and I've always been interested in society and how people there reflect is. the things. That um, explains a lot. Everything. I was a sociology major. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a feeler. I don't, oh God, I don't want to get too much into this, but like for Myers-Briggs, which is a personality assessment, I, uh, I have very high feeling and perception. Mm-hmm. So I think I like to look for connections all the time, whether they're there or not. I'm still like, there's a connection. Mm-hmm. I swear. Um, that's probably why I, I really have an interest in how society functions politically. I like politics, you know, I, I like to talk about that stuff. So I, I like it in the horror films and survival. I just fantasize that one day I'm going to be like, 
in the film like Grizzly and I'm going to have to like survive mm-hmm. and like, I don't know, out fight a bear somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I just think it's super cool what people do or I think one day I could be like on a plane and it crashes and mm-hmm. I have to figure out how I'm going to survive and that's why I like these films. So Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I can totally relate to that because you're right. It's the two aspects of it. It's just like the what would I do in this situation and just also the fact that it's it's realistic. You know, it's not a vampire or a space alien that's coming to kill right. you. Like it's the world that is actually there and this could all actually right. happen. So now that we've narrowed in on what it is that you, uh, you know, you know what you get out of those last question really is why horror? Because aren't there other genres that might be able to address some of these things? Now, maybe the survival films, maybe that one probably leans most towards horror. Although there could be, you know, like war movies or, or certain situations like that societal oppression, maybe other kinds of dramas, not necessarily horror. Is there some reason why you're still drawn to the horror as opposed to maybe these other genres, or do you like these other genres too? And we just haven't talked about that. No, I don't, I literally do not like other genres. I hate romantic comedies with a passion. I, very few dramas I enjoy. I mean, the ones, maybe other genres, other movies that specifically touch on survival or mm. social oppression. So, like, survival, if it's one, like, that's a true story of Everest, like, the people that went up to Everest, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll watch this shit, right? So, mm. like, the documentaries that are, like, based on a true story about this person, I watched one recently on Daniel Radcliffe, who plays a gentleman that got lost in the jungle. Yeah. And, uh, fuck, he's a good actor, by the way. Man. And like, man. Like, Wolverine, do it. Oh shit, he's so good. Anyway, like that I like. Um mm-hmm. but I think with horror I like being scared a little bit more with the societal stuff because I think it kind of lays the message down more. And I like the adrenaline I get and the suspense that I get. And I'll be honest, most of the movies are very quick paced, easy to follow. I love the special effects in it, and I find some dramas though they can do the same thing like i am a big fan of some specific dramas like um a promising young woman for example uh excellent drama film very good societal message but i don't know i guess i just like being scared a little bit more and i like that little horror change into it i can't give a straight answer to that i guess i just i like the blood and guts steve (laughs) yeah i like slicing a little bit of slicing and dicing with my political oppression so Mm -hmm. you know it's uh, it's like the spice. Yes, Adds some salt. It's and like the salt and pepper that I add. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Or gravy on the poutine. Yes. yes, yes. You know, as a summary so far of the call, what I've heard the most were, you know, the survival aspect, which of course tying back to what happened when you were fourteen, mm-hmm. and the the power um, power imbalance, which is not only related to that, but a number of other things that have happened in your life and how that is then played out into things like being kind is your choice yeah. of, you know, how to handle it. What I mean is, does that sound like that's it, like the most accurate summary for you? Or do you feel like there's something else we haven't talked about that would say, yeah, that's part of it, but there's something more to it. You know what I mean? No, I think you've really highlighted and allowed me to kind of explore these events that occurred that have really pushed my, my philosophies. And it'll be interesting as I enter my forties and different experiences, how that, what events I'll have that changes what I watch, Mm. you know, and what I, what I perceive, it will be really interesting to see, but no, I think you've, we've done a good job of summing up through the questions you've asked actually. Well, thank you for joining us. It's been fun talking to you. Yeah. It's been great. 
meeting both of you, um, learning from you, learning your perspective. And I look forward mm -hmm. to hearing this and the rest of your podcast. I'm going to become a regular listener. I'll even write you some fan <laughs> mail. Aww. You know? Aww. Yeah, why not, right? <laughs> Well, thank you to anybody else out there listening. Please do come visit us at horrormakesushappy.com. Uh, we've got a list of, their, of people that we've talked to, people that we'd like to talk to. Um, you can reach out to us. You can buy merch. You can become a Patreon subscriber, buy us a coffee, or just tell a friend. 